Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. But we cannot forget the beautiful game. And that's why we get to Ricardo Ballin at this time on a Thursday, just to review where things are at, uh, the, the various tables, etc., particularly the EPL. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, every now and then we uh, are lucky enough to talk about the All-Whites because they're getting to play a bit lately. They've uh, won the last couple, of course, uh, knocking over uh, Curacao and Bahrain just last month. And now, uh, Ricardo, good morning to you. Um, we've got another couple of games uh, on the Saturday and the following Wednesday, Algeria and uh, Gambia. Yeah, which is uh, some great tests. I mean, that Algerian side are tuning up for... Uh, an African Cup competition, so uh, it'd be interesting to see how uh, how strong that team is. But it also gives the All Whites, you know, some great experience playing a different uh, playing a different against, against different style of football because the Algerians tend to play a very kind of Spanish style. Uh, they like to keep the ball a lot. They tend to have some pretty silky players, so uh, that'll be interesting. And then uh, Gambia, as I noticed, they like to be called Smithy. That Gambia, which is up mm. there with rugby mm. union, isn't it? Um, um, uh, we're playing them too, and, and that'll be a whole different test because, you know, I mean, Africa is such a big different continent. They, they play several different styles of football on that continent, and uh, they'll, they'll be quite quite different, they'll be more physical um, they'll definitely uh, test us in terms of pace at the back, I would imagine and uh, yeah, it's not going to make life easy All of a sudden there's, uh, I, I dare say a familiarity about uh, these all-white squad, it's a squad that we've hardly seen together for such a, a long time and now we're getting used to the name so uh, Danny Hay's been uh, pretty faithful uh, with what he's able to pick, of course, uh, COVID in mind yeah, yeah, and I mean, it has hamstrung him a little bit in a couple of positions, I think, um, particularly with Bill Tuiloma uh, being uh, ruled out uh, with an injury. Um, he's, it's a big blow because I thought he did really well in the last round of games. He, he gives Danny a few options as well. He's great as part of the back three, or he can sit in as a defensive midfielder and, and, and screen the, the defensive line as well. So I think he's a loss, um, and, you know, that was... He's somebody that maybe a Tim Payne or somebody could have come in for, but obviously they can't take players out of New Zealand or Australia at the moment because of, of COVID. And the other one is too, you know, you've got to remember that we haven't had Ryan Thomas because he's had an injury uh, and he's still trying to get back into the PSV burst team. And on top of that, you, you lose him and you can't select Costa Barbarousas or Marco Rojas either out of, uh, out of Sydney and Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, there are still players to come in, but I think that's showing really good signs of depth for the All-White. Wouldn't the All-Whites have qualified, though? I mean, if they had have chosen to take players over there, if they'd known they were going to have a month of football, 
Uh, couldn't they have taken players over there anyway? Because uh, being a national team, a la the, uh, the All Blacks and, uh, you know, the, the other Black Ferns, etc., and uh, the Black Caps, wouldn't they got an exemption straight back in in the MIQ, being a national team? Nope. Not, not apparently. I mean, uh, Danny Hayes has been having to, you know, when they went over for the Curacao um, Bahrain game, he, he hasn't been back. Um, he stayed over there because he couldn't get an MIQ spot. I, I see that he has got an MIQ spot to come back this time, but there's three other staff over there from general football who haven't been able to get an MIQ spot, so they're still, still going to be stuck over there. So uh, it's interesting. You know, you look at it and you, you could uh, reason why on this, Smitty, but uh, I thought it was interesting that the All Blacks can take Aaron Smith straight to Ireland and he's got an MIQ spot to get back in. Yet, you know, the All Whites, the CKB boys, uh, they seem to struggle. Oh, it's got me. It's absolutely got me baffled with um, the inconsistencies about the whole deal, but hopefully, hopefully, shortly, we'll just take it out of play and uh, we can move on with, with life, which means that he can get the complete squad together when he wants to. Uh, Danny Hay, uh, let's talk. Uh, um, uh, we, should we win both these games or, or not? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, it's, it's, it's one that um, I'm not entirely sure about. Uh, you know, that Algerian side, uh, there are some of the players that they have who are playing in the Premier League or in the Championship. Um, so, uh, But I think from uh, what I understand, the bulk of this Algerian side we're going to play are going to be domestically based out of Algeria. So I think we should probably have the wood on them, if you like, uh, so long as Tafrit Singh is fit. I understand he has a bit of a knee niggle. The Gambia, I had a look at their team, uh, who they can select. And, you know, they, they remind me a bit of Curacao in terms of where their players are playing. They've got a lot of players playing at reasonably mm-hmm. decent levels in Europe. So I think it's going to be a real challenge. So, I mean, if you Danny, these games, as much as you want to win, they're not about that. They're about um, getting, getting the players playing different styles, uh, getting used to different styles and, and, and forming those partnerships and relationships. But I would think a win and a draw would be, the, would be what I would be looking at. Probably a win against the Algerians, depending on what team he plays. And then and if we get something out of the Gambia, I think um, it would be a good result. Let's uh, talk about uh, combinations, because all of a sudden, um, with a spate of games, uh, Danny Hay can look at combinations, I guess. What, what about up front? Who would you start up front with Chris Wood? Well, the way he's playing at the moment, uh, he's, playing, he's playing a three um, at front. So Chris Wood down the middle and then two wider forwards. And, I mean, as I mentioned, there's no Barbarousas or Rojas who would be you know, in contention, you would think. But at the moment, um, you've got to say Eliza Just. I think he's, he's a superb player. He's coming on really well, some great touches and some really good drive as well. I think um, I think he's been going really well. And, and the guy that really stood out for me in their last international window was Joey Champness, who uh, is you know might not be that familiar to some Kiwi fans. He made his debut in the last window. He's, he's Kiwi, um, but been pretty much grew up in, in Australia. And uh, he's a very good player. He's got a great touch. He's, he's got a little bit of the uh, young Cristiano Ronaldo's about him. He likes to step over. He likes to dribble. He likes to take players on. So... I think at the moment, with what he's got available, that would be his preferred front three. Right, let's uh, perhaps look at uh, the EPL now. I'm not, I'm not sure you watch too much of the cricket coverage, but they focused on two blokes in particular. One was John Mitchell, and the other was Steve Bruce, of course. Uh, he's uh, got a bit of time up his sleeve now, having uh, left Newcastle. But Eddie Howe taking over there uh, at St James's Park. Yeah, it was an interesting, interesting call. I mean, Eddie Howe's a very good young British man, or English manager. He did some really good things at Bournemouth, um, but then that, that sort of ran its course, I think. So he's had about 18 months out of the game now. 
and he's going in there, and he's obviously uh, got maybe not quite an open checkbook, but he's certainly got a lot more money to play with than he, he would have had at Bournemouth. Um, so I already see uh, they're talking to Kieran Trippier, the uh, English right back who plays at Atletico Madrid, um, so about bringing him back mm-hmm. to play at Newcastle, and Nicholas Sula, who is a uh, centre back at Bayern Munich, 26 German international. So they're already been linked to those two players. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a, it's a really interesting appointment. To, to some degree, I think it's a bit of a gamble. Um, I mean, at the moment, with Newcastle are, and with the squad they've got, they're odds on for relegation. So Eddie Howe could be starting his rebuild in the Championship next season. And maybe that's why they've made this appointment, because he's a guy that's got teams out of the Championship before. Um, so from that point of view, it was interesting. I thought they might have gone safe. They might have, uh, you know, I, I know Newcastle fans had agreed to think it, but have gone a Sam Allardyce on a short-term contract just through the next summer to try and keep them up because that's what he's a specialist at. But they've gone uh, for the project. They've gone for the guy that they think can build the club. Uh, and, and then that guy is Eddie Howe, which I, I think is a big call. Uh, but I'll be interested to see how it goes and be interested to see how a guy that used to, you know, uh, signing players out of League One and the Championship and things like that goes with uh, being able to have a bit of a checkbook and going overseas to Spain and Germany and signing approved internationals. Well, the key words there are uh, checkbook because all of a sudden he's going from Bournemouth to a club which uh, probably has got bottomless pockets, which I would imagine puts him under a, a bit more pressure as well. But he'll be on the receiving end of a decent paycheck with those new owners, wouldn't he? I would say so, yeah. I mean, uh, I know that Steve Bruce got paid out $8 million to leave. Um, that's not bad, is it, Smitty? Uh, you know, mm. Most other jobs, if you if, if you don't do your job properly, you get sacked. They don't pay you out the rest of your contract, but that's what happens in football. So yeah, he's on a pretty good wicket there, old Steve Bruce. No wonder he's smiling watching the cricket. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there will be more pressure. Uh, I think he'll be given some time to get it right so long as they can, you know, stay up. I don't think they really want to go down to the championship, but I don't think that's the end of the world if they do, um, especially given some of the players they've got. There's a lot of dead wood in that Newcastle squad that they'll need to move. So, yeah, he's got he and Jason Tindall, his assistant, who was his assistant at Bournemouth, have got uh, plenty of work to do, mate. So I think there will be pressure, but I don't think there's going to be pressure probably for about 18 months. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he can turn the team around in the second half of the season. Do we associate the name Steven Gerrard with Aston Villa all of a sudden? Well, we could do, mate. Yeah, that's the word. It's uh, interesting that he wants to leave Rangers now, isn't it, that, uh, that the Villa job's come up. Um, just as things are getting a bit tight in Scotland, because he's had a pretty good run in Scotland, but he's had a good run when Celtic, who had been dominant for so long, were really regressing badly and needed a rebuild. So he's, he's gone and he's won two titles. And uh, and now it looks like Celtic under Ange Postecoglou, the, the former Australian uh, manager, uh, but uh, they're on the up and up again. And and, and now he's uh, looking at the Villa, which is an interesting call because everybody thought that he would be in line to replace Jurgen Klopp. You know, um, I think generally speaking, people expect Jurgen Klopp to have done his dash in, in the next eighteen months to two years, and that Stephen Gerrard would be the natural successor. So is this a planning? Is this planning from Gerrard? I'm going to go and get a taste. I'll manage in the Premier League with Aston Villa. Um, off the back of the success I've had at Rangers, and then in two years when Klopp goes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, that much closer to, to being at the level that I need to be. So I think Stephen Gerrard will see this as a stepping stone to that job. Whether or not it's a good move for Aston Villa, I don't know, because I, I think, uh, you know, the Scottish League is a lot different 
to the uh, Premier League. You know, I mean, in, in the Scottish League, you've got what Rangers, Celtic, um, Aberdeen on a good day, Hibs and Hearts potentially um, might give them a bit of a run, but the rest are, and you know, it, it's a walk in the park each time you play them. So, uh, Premier League's a lot different. It's way more of a battle week in, week out. So, yeah, it's an interesting. If they go that way, it's a really interesting appointment for me from from Aston Villa. I don't think it's a particularly safe appointment. Uh, probably not one that if I was running that club that I would make. But, uh, you know, there's the, the other one that has been floated as well, Smithy, is Frank Lampard and John Terry as a duo. Remembering that John Terry was at Miller as an yeah. assistant to Dean Smith for a couple of seasons and then left uh, in the last season. Uh, that's also been floated. OK, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the EPL this weekend as well. What are the key matchups for you, Ricardo? Uh, well, we've got a we've got an international window, Smithy. So there are there's no EPL. All right, okay. Uh, but um, you know, England, uh, we've got European and uh, uh, qualifying for the World Cup and things going on. So there's there's plenty of uh, there's going to be plenty of matches coming out of Europe. Okay, let's look at those then. Um, and in terms of uh, those particular groups, who's under pressure most of all of the teams that we associate? We know England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, etc. Uh, the, the ones that are familiar to us, France, Germany, Spain, are they all comfortable? Most of them are, are comfortable. Uh, I mean, the Scots are, are in a really good position. They're probably, under Steve Clark, in the best position they've been in for a long time. They, um, they, they look comfortably second in their group. Um, what second means is that you don't worry about it qualify. Only the first teams qualify, but... The, uh, the the next teams after that, the second teams, then go into into more qualifying to see who gets into the next round. Um, so uh, you know you basically got to play a semi final and a final to get to the um, to get to the World Cup, and that's kind of where things are looking at the moment. Um, so in terms of the groups, um, you know the, the Scots uh, they really just need I think three points uh, out of their last two games. One of those games is against the team that is top of the group who have not dropped the game uh, all, all qualifying, and that is the Danes. Uh, they've played 8-1-8. Eight, eight. Scotland is second, um, and they are four points ahead of Israel, um, who are uh, you know, the, next, the next best team. So really, in this, um, Scotland just need a win over the next two games. One, three points over the next two games should be enough to get them home, and I, I think they're, they're good enough to do that. They're away at Moldova. Uh, and then they are uh, at home to Denmark. So they'll be wanting to get the job done in Moldova, and then they can take their foot off the gas against the Danes who are looking to go 100% in their group. OK, Ricardo, always great to catch up with you, mate, to get the, all, all that we need to know out of uh, football, particularly in Europe and uh, what's going on in New Zealand as well. So uh, thanks, mate. Thanks again. My pleasure, Anytime, buddy. Have a great one.